The fourth parak, Luv Varava. So the three drops are going to focus on number one. At the bottom of Daf Mem Vav Amabesh, Rabbi Yudabrei Rabbi Shmuel said in the name of Rav, regarding dwelling in a sukkah in Galas, Shmini Safik Shvi, Shvi was sukkah, Ushmini Lavracha. The eighth day that is possibly the seventh day is treated as the seventh day regarding the sukkah and as the eighth day regarding the bracha for Yantav, which Rashi explains means that one mentions Yom Shmini Chagad in the Amida Birchaz Mazon and Kiddush. But Rabbi Yochanan says Shmini Lezeh Bulezeh. It's treated as the eighth day regarding both the sukkah and the bracha. On our daf, in the Gemara's second interpretation of the Machlokas, everybody agrees that we do not recite the bracha of Reisheh sukkah. They only disagree with respect to dwelling in the sukkah on the eighth day. According to Rav Yehud in the name of Rav, who said that it's treated as the seventh day regarding the sukkah, we do dwell in the sukkah on that day. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, who said it's treated as the eighth day regarding both the sukkah and the bracha, we do not dwell in the sukkah. The Ritva explains Rabbi Yochanan holds that the very act of dwelling in the sukkah, even without the bracha, indicates that the days possibly the seventh day of sukkahs, which is only Cholomod, and thus might cause people to treat the Yantam more lightly. The Gemara concludes that the lacha is that we do dwell in the sukkah on the eighth day, but do not recite a Reisheh B'sukkah. Point number two, Rabbi Yochanan said, Omrim zman b'shmini shalchag, ve'in omrim zman b'shmini shalpesach. We recite Ashachiyano on Shmini Atzeres, but not on the seventh day of Pesach. Rabbi Levi Bar said, and others say, it was Rabbi Chama Bar that Shmini Atzeres is considered a separate holiday, Shorei Chaluk B'shoshedvarim, because it's different from the seven days of Sukkahs that proceed it in three ways, B'sukkah, V'lulav, V'nisach HaMaim, in regard to Sukkah, V'lulav, and the water libations. The Gemara asks that Shvi Shal Pesach should require Shachiyanu as well, since it's different from the first day of Pesach in that there's no mitzvah, deep matzah, like the first night. The Gemara answers that while it's different from the first night of Pesach, it's not different from the first day of Pesach when there is no Chiyuv, to Matzah, as opposed to Shemini Atzeres, which is different even from the first day. Ravina said, The eighth day is different from the day immediately preceding it, whereas the seventh day of Pesach is only different from a day which is prior to the days that preceded, meaning the first day. And point number three, Rosanna Bray said that Rebuta said that just as the seven days of Sukkahs require carbon, shear, brocha, volina, bringing a carbon, the shear by the Levim, its own brocha and tearing overnight, so too Shemini Atzeres requires the same. The Gemara questions whether Shemini Atzeres requires lina, based on a Bray's where Rebuta said the Pesach Sheni does not require lina, since the Pesach and you may turn back in the morning and go to your tents, is juxtaposed to the next Pasuk, for six days you shall eat matzahs. Only that which requires an observance of six days requires lina. The Gemara suggests that this would also exclude Shemini Atzeres, but then answers that it only excludes Pesach Sheni, which is similar to Pesach Rishon. Rashi says that since the Pasuk discusses Pesach, the exclusion is only to another Pesach-like holiday. So once again, the three points are number one. At the bottom of Daf Mem Vav Amabes, Rabbi Yudabrei Rabbi Shmuel said in the name of Rav, regarding dwelling the sukkah in Galas, Shmini Safek Shvi, Shvi Lo Sukkah, Ushmini Lo The eighth day that is possibly the seventh day is treated as the seventh day regarding the sukkah and as the eighth day regarding the bracha for Yantav, which Rashi explains means that one mentions Yom Shmini Chagad Seretzazen, the Amida, Birchaz Amazon, and Kiddush. But Rabbi Yochanan says, Shmini it's treated as the eighth day regarding both the sukkah and the bracha. On Ardav, in the Gemara's second interpretation of the Machokas, everybody agrees that we do not recite the bracha of Reisha B'sukkah. They only disagree with respect to dwelling in the sukkah on the eighth day. According to Rabbi Yehud in the name of Rab, who said that it's treated as the seventh day regarding the sukkah, we do dwell in the sukkah on that day. 
But according to Rabbi Yochanan, who said that it's treated as the eighth day regarding both the sukkah and the bracha, we do not dwell on the sukkah. The Ridva explains that Rabbi Yochanan holds that the very act of dwelling in the sukkah, even without the bracha, indicates that the day is possibly the seventh day of sukkahs, which is only cholamod, and thus might cause people to treat the yantav more lightly. The Gemara concludes that the halacha is that we dwell on the sukkah on the eighth day, but do not recite Elijah Basukkah. Point of which Rabbi Yochanan said, Omrim zman b'shmini shal chag, ve'in omrim zman b'shmini shal pesach. We recite a shachianu on shmini atzeres, but not on the seventh day of pesach. Rabbi Levi bar said, and others say it was Rabbi Chama bar that shmini atzeres is considered a separate holiday, shorei chalok b'shoshetvarim, because it's different from the seven days of sukkahs that precede it in three ways, b'sukkah, b'luv, v'nisuk hamayim. In regard to Sukkot and the water libations, the Gemara asks that Shvishal Pesach should require Shachianu as well, since it's different from the first day of Pesach in that there's no mitzvah to eat matzah like the first night. The Gemara answers that while it's different from the first night of Pesach, it's not different from the first day of Pesach when there is no chiv to eat matzah, as opposed to Shmini which is different even from the first day. Ravina said, Zechalk Mishulafanav, Zechalk Mishulafnefanav. The eighth day is different from the day immediately preceding it, whereas the seventh day of Pesach is only different from a day which is prior to the days that preceded, meaning the first day. And point number three was taught in a brace that the Rehuda said that just as the seven days of Sukkot require carbon, shear, bracha, volina, bringing a carbon, the shear by the Levim, its own bracha, and tearing overnight, so Tushmiyat Seres requires the same. The one questions whether Shemini Atzeres requires Lina based on a b'risa where Rabbi Yehuda said that Pesach Shem does not require Lina since the Pesach you may turn back in the morning and go to your tents is juxtaposed to the next Pesach Sheshes Yamin Tocho Matzos For six days you shall eat Matzos Only that which requires an observance of six days requires Lina the Gemara suggests that this would also exclude Shemini Atzeres, but then answers that it only excludes Pesach Sheni, which is similar to Pesach Rishon. Rashi says that since the Pesach discusses Pesach, the exclusion is only to another Pesach-like holiday. All right, so now we go to our Simber Daf Mem Zayin, and our standard simon is a maze. A maze. So here goes. To make it through the sukkahs escape the maze, participants in the diaspora had to all agree whether they should sit in the sukkah on the eighth day. While making a Shechianu on Shemini Atzeres and not on Shemini Shal Pesach, and then sleep in sleeping bags, and tarry overnight. Once again, it's a motion. To make it through the sukkahs, escape the maze, maze, that must be one of Mem Zion. To make it through the sukkahs, escape the maze, participants in the diaspora had to all agree whether they should sit in the sukkah on the eighth day, which reminds us of the Malchuk's regarding dwelling in the sukkah in Gaulus on the eighth day, that is possibly the seventh day. In the Gemara's second interpretation of the Malchokas, everybody agrees that we do not recite the bracha of Leisha Basukkah. They only disagree with respect to dwelling in the sukkah on the eighth day. So to make it through the sukkahs escape the maze, participants in the diaspora had to all agree whether they should sit in the sukkah on the eighth day, while making a Shachianu and Shemini Atzeres, and not on Shvi Shal Pesach, which reminds Rabbi Yochanan said we were saying Shachianu and Shemini Atzeres, but not on the seventh day of Pesach. There are those who explain that Shemini Atzeres is considered a separate holiday, because it's different from the seven days of sukkahs that proceed in three ways, with sukkah, luv, and Yisach HaMayim. When the Gemara said Shvi Shal Pesach should require Shachianu as well, since it's different from the first day of Pesach, in that there's no mitzvah to eat matzah like the first night, it answers that while different from the first night of Pesach, it's not different from the first day of Pesach, when there is no chiv to eat matzah, as opposed to Shemini which is different even from the first day. So, to make it through the sukkahs escape the maze, participants in the diaspora had to all agree whether they should sit in the sukkah on the eighth day, while making a Shechianu and Shemini and not in Shvi Pesach, 
and then sleep in sleeping bags and tarry overnight. Which reminds us, the Gemara questions Rabbi Yehuda, who says that Shemitah Seris requires Lina, based on a brisa that Rabbi Yehuda said, that Pesach Shein should not require Lina, since the Pesach, Upanisa Babuk, Bahalachto Halacha, you may turn back in the morning and go to your tents, is juxtaposed in the next Pesach, Sheishas Yami Matzas, for six days you shall eat matzas. Only that which requires an observance of six days requires Lina. So the Gemara suggests that this would also exclude Shemitah Seris. But then it answers that it only excludes Pesach Sheni, which is similar to Pesach Rishon. Rashi says that since the Pesach discusses Pesach, the exclusion is only to another Pesach-like holiday. So once again, to make it through the sukkahs escape the maze, participants in the diaspora had to all agree whether they should sit in the sukkah on the eighth day, while making a Shech Yanu on Shemitah and not on Shemitah Pesach, and then sleep in sleeping bags and tarry overnight. All right, now it's time for a four-blot back Chazara. Daf Mem Gimel. So the Simmer Daf Mem Gimel is a magazine. So here goes. The Sukkot's Magazine magazine. That must be learned Daf Mem Gimel. The Sukkot's Magazine found by a Yid cutting a lulav off the tree on Shabbos, which reminds us, Rebbe Yezer holds that lulav a kolmakshir of dochens and Shabbos. The mitzvah of lulav and all its preliminaries are dochens Shabbos based on the Pasuk, but yom vafil b'shabbos. Makshir a lulav include activities such as cutting the lulav from a tree or binding with the other meaning. The rabbanu who prohibit makshir lulav on Shabbos learn from the Pasuk Bayom that the mitzvah of lulav is only by day and not at night. So the Sukkot's Magazine found by a Yid cutting a lulav off the tree on Shabbos featured a cover story on why Arabos are Dochus Shabbos on the seventh day, which reminds us Rabbi Yochanan said the reason that the Arabos ceremony is done on the seventh day is in order to publicize the fact that it's a Daraisa. There's not a Gezerah prohibiting it lest one carry a Daladamus into Rishus Rabbi like there's for Luv, since Shulchei Basin bring the branches of the Temple courtyard every Shabbos and the mitzvah is then done by only the Kohanim, whereas Luv is given to everyone to do and therefore there's a greater likelihood that one will inadvertently transgress. So the Sukkot's magazine found by Yid cutting a lulav off the tree on Shabbos featured a cover story on why Aravos are Dochus Shabbos on the seventh day, with a picture of Kohanim taking the Aravos in hand and then placing them around the Mizbeach, which reminds us. The Gemara brings some alchokas regarding how the Aravos ceremony is done. Rav Yosef holds the whole ceremony is done at Bezikifa by standing the Aravos up around the Mizbeach. Abai holds that the ceremony first entails Natila, taking the Aravos in hand and circling the Mizbeach, which is then followed by Zakifa standing the branches up around the Mizbech. Abai brings a proof that it was first done with Natila based on the incident with the Baitosin. Daf Mem Dalad, so the simmer Daf Mem Dalad is mud. So here goes. The Kohen Balmum with mud on his garments. Mud? That must be more on Daf Mem Dalad. The Kohen Balmum with mud on his garments was dreaming of the day that he'd be able to take the Aravas around the Mizbeach, which reminds us that Samachus Vishwakish Rabbi Yochanan, whether Kohanim Balmum may enter the area between the Ulam and the Mizbech in order to fulfill the Chiyuv of Arava, even though it's generally forbidden for them to do so the rest of the year. So the Kohen Balmum with mud on his garments was dreaming the day that he'd be able to take the Aravas around the Mizbeach, as he held the Aravas on the seventh day in Ashul, according to the Minhag Navim, which reminds us, it's a Malchus Rabbi Yochan Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, whether the Aravas is the Yesod Navim or a Minhag Navim. Rashi explains that a Yesod Navim means that it was enacted by the latter prophets, Chagai Zechariah Malachi, who instituted a number of rabbinic enactments during the time on the Anshay Knesset Minhag Navim means that they merely institute the customary performance of the Aravas ceremony. The nafkamina between them is that there's no bracha for Minag Navim, since the word Bitsivanu, who has commanded us, cannot be said. So the Kohen Balmum with mud on his garments was dreaming of the day that he'd be able to take the Aravos around the Mizbeach, as he held the Aravos on the seventh day in a shul according to the Minag Navim, making sure not to take the Aravos in his lulav. 
which reminds us, Rabbi Ami said that the Arava requires a minimum shear, and it may only be taken alone, and a prisoner cannot fulfill his chiv with the Arava that is in the Louvre. Rabbi Ami is coming to teach that even if the prison took the Arava in his Louvre once, and then lifted it again, Hashem Arava, he would not be Yotze. But Rav Chisin, the name of Rabbi Yitzhak, disagrees and says that he would be Yotze. Daf Memhe, so the simmer Daf Memhe is Monopoly. So here goes. The festive Monopoly board, Monopoly, that must be on Daf Memhe, Ma, Monopoly. The festive Monopoly board that featured 11 Amma Aravos placed around it, which reminds us that 11 Amma Aravos were brought and stood up around the Mizbech so they would be leaning over the Mizbech and Amma. This implies that they're placed on the Yesod of the Mizbech because if they're placed on the ground, they would need to incline two Ammos given that the Mizbech was nine Ammos high and had two protrusions of an Amma each for the Yesod and the Sobu, which would mean the Aravos would surely touch the roof of the Mizbech. So the festive Monopoly board that featured 11 Amma Aravos placed around it was brought out only on Isru Chag, which reminds Rabbi Yobo taught that the source which teaches that the Aravas must rise above the Mizbech is the Pasuk Isru Chag Ba'avosim Adkarnos HaMizbech. We also learn from that Pasuk, Kol Ose Isru Chag Ba'achil Oshtia Ma'avakazv Ki'u Banu Mizbech Ve'hikru of Karban. Whoever joins the Chag to eating and drinking, the Pasuk regards him as if he built HaMizbech and brought a carbon on it. Some say this refers to Isru Chag. So the festive monopoly board that featured 11 Amma Aravos placed around it was brought out only on Isru Chag for the 36 best-behaved children to play with in turns. Which reminds us when Rabbi Shimbar Yechai said, I've seen the people of the highest level and they are few. He was referring to those to that view the Shekhinah through a clear screen as opposed to the 18,000 rows of Siddiquim standing before Gosh Baruch Hu, who do not. And even the Lamed Vav Siddiquim that receive the Shekhinah every day who do see through they need to enter with permission, whereas Rabbi Shemar is referring to those who may enter without permission. Daf Membav. So the similar Daf Membav is a cow. So here it goes. The cowboy who loved to ring his cow's cowbell, cow, that must be worn Daf Membav. The cowboy who loved to ring his cow's cowbell every time he made a bracha when he entered the sukkah, which reminds us the more challenged Rabbi Yochanan's ruling. That a bracha is recited in the sukkah on all seven days, based on a brace of the Todd, that when one enters the sukkah during the chag to sit in it, he makes the bracha of Leishib sukkah, and once he's recited his bracha on the first day of the chag, he doesn't recite the bracha on the subsequent days. The Gemara answers to the question of whether a bracha on the sukkah is recited all seven days is dependent on a malchokas tanaim regarding tefillin. According to Rebbe, one recites a bracha every time one puts on tefillin, which could be multiple times in a single day. Similarly, Rabbi Yochanan holds that although all seven days of sukkahs are regarded as one long day, since the sukkah obligation is day and night, one recites brachas all seven days. So the cowboy who left ring his cow's cowbell every time he made a bracha when he entered the sukkah started ringing it repeatedly when he saw his luv tefillin and talisman there too. Which reminds us it was taught in the Bryce if there are many misses before a prison be performed, which Rush explains could mean one is ready to take a luv, dwell in a sukkah, put on tefillin, and wrap himself in a talis, he recites a bracha v'tzivanu aha mitzvahs. Rabbi Yudah said that he recites a bracha over each and every mitzvah individually. Rabbi Yudah's reason is based on the Pasuk, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, which is coming to say, B'chol Yom Yom, Tenwom Me'in Birchosav, on every single day, given the bracha appropriate for that day. Here too, with regard to various mitzvahs, B'chol Davar V'davar, Tenwom Me'in Birchosav, for each and every mitzvah, give him the appropriate bracha for that matter, and do not group the brachas together. So the cowboy who loved to ring his cow's cowbell every time he made a bracha when he entered the sukkah started ringing it repeatedly when he saw his luv, tefillin, and talisman there too. And got so distracted, he accidentally took a bite out of his esrog when he wasn't allowed to. Which reminds Rishakish holds regarding an esrog, an esrog was set aside 
only for the performance of the mitzvah. As soon as one concludes the mitzvah, the esrog may be eaten on the seventh day. Rabbi Yochanan holds the esrog was set aside for the entire day, since the esrog was prohibited. When the day began, it remains prohibited the entire day, and so I mutter to eat on the eighth day. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Goldham Zichu, wishing you a great day and great learning.